We're here with Lyra Mondo and Cockfield Snug. Uh, sweeping promises, mini dresses, splitting image, blah, blah, the Silkies, and probably some other bands that I'm forgetting. Oh, also, I believe, Lyra, you were in Candy Miami. I was, Is once upon right? a time, okay. I was a candy. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I Yeah, I remember, I was like thinking about it the other day, just some of the bands, and... I thought I'm, I'm like I'm pretty sure Candy Miami was one. I'm like I'm yeah, remembering that, it. It's, it's that was actually the first interaction that I ever had with Travis. Yeah. Oh wow. It's like I knew of him. Obviously, like we bumped into each other at shows and stuff. Um, but like that, yeah, that was the first musical interaction I had with him. And um, yeah. Oh, it's his birthday today. I need to it wish is. him a happy birthday. All right. Shout out to Travis Hagen. He's uh, I think he's 29, but happy birthday, Travis. <laughs> HBD, Travis. Great job, Travis. Yeah, I love Travis. Uh, went to college with him, actually. We went to, oh, you did? Yeah, we went to UMass Lowell, actually. I met him. Uh, uh, he was playing in the new highway. Yeah. Himmel. It was, like, right before a show. I, I, it was, like, one of, the, one of the first, not the first one, but one of the first house shows I ever went to. And it's like remember, it was just so, like, nice. I'm like, is there, like, a show here tonight and uh he's like oh yeah yeah you know he's so friendly and everything. yeah oh my god he's the best yeah he's like a little angel i would have loved to have known him in his long hair days yeah yeah <laughs> he did have yep he had long blonde hairs so cool did he have the missing tooth then hmm i don't recall <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> I, I he always had just a great he had a great look to him that didn't pay attention to any missing teeth yeah yeah he's wonderful this whole podcast should be about him yeah we should just <gasps> travis palooza <laughs> exactly yeah oh well, that was a good time I was yeah but yeah we we have we still have the program from that night's recital displayed on our bookshelf wow for for those who who don't know it's probably it's good to see. travis is the drummer of many boston bands just the yes. nature of boston is kind of like you need drummers he's amazing and a, an amazing person too uh mm-hmm. in addition to being a great drummer and we had a show we thought it'd be funny where he would just play in all of his bands i think there were four <laughs> four <laughs> bands he's played for two and a half hours straight <laughs> yeah it was so it was it was a um, pleaser and then half sour and then um, splitting image and one other one. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah. And so <laughs> this was, some, um, we, we build it as his senior recital and uh, he was being graded and I think he passed. Yeah, he passed. Wow. That's awesome. I, I actually, I missed that show, but I remember it was, I remember hearing good things and, uh, I think it was, was that the automatic? It was, right? it was uh, the last show they ever had there because it was too loud. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I hate that. They, they're laugh. they're lost. Yeah. So yeah it's yeah, totally. pleasurable to us, which might be like, yeah, I don't know. like evident with yeah. how we're talking about it. But we just, sorry, automatic. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. We, oh my God. Yeah. Cause they closed. They're one of the, the COVID, uh, um, the victims, casualties, casualties that, Casual, that yeah. they go to that Damn. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, I mean, how's there? So you you are in Austin, Texas now, right? Yes, we have decamped oh. to Austin, Texas. How's it going there? Good. It's good. It's hot. It was it was nice and cool for a little bit, but then it got hot again. So we're riding that roller coaster. Nice. Yeah, I've never when did been. You go down there. One of the places I really want. Like, when did when did you uh, go down to Austin? We got here uh, at the very beginning of August. Oh, okay. Yeah. So pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was tough because we weren't sure if we were going to make it any money <laughs> this year. And so when it came time to renew our, our very expensive Austin rent, I was like, I, I think we need to go to my parents' house. And we sort of jumped the gun, but also we're glad we did because it's been working we out well. I don't think we jumped the gun. I don't think there, yeah, no, there was, I wasn't going to get hired back. Yeah, it was profoundly unstable. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, totally. I, yeah. I think that's a smart, but we're here, smart move. We're here now and it's it's good. And, you know, we're with the Caulfield's parents who have graciously taken us in and um, we are very much, you know, indebted to their, grat- their uh, graciousness and generosity. Wow, that's awesome. Shout out to Caulfield's parents. Thanks, parents. Yeah. Um, great. Is you're originally from Austin, right, uh, Caulfield? That's right, yeah. Okay, cool. And Lyra, you're from um, Arkansas. Uh, which yeah. city? I'm, yeah, I'm from Little Rock, yeah. Well, kind of all over Arkansas, but um, yeah. most okay, recently, cool. I guess. Uh, you know, I, I am placeless. I am everywhere and nowhere. We feel like we're from Boston. Yeah, we we did ten years and it's eight years. Yeah, well, you know, in nine. Eight where years. are we? Eight. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve. In Boston years. In Boston, it's, it's yeah, Boston, Boston years. That's like twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah there has to be like an honorary add-on for staying. <laughs> we'll say yeah, just shy of a decade. <laughs> yeah. We still feel like we're in Boston. I was just like thinking about um, the. Um, the tea the other day and kind of missing it which is really weird because any other moment thinking about the tea is just thinking of you know how horrible and inefficient it is yeah but um I think just getting used to like driving again and how spread out everything is in Austin um was just thinking you know what I would love to just go to the corner store that was like on the corner of our apartment on Beacon and just like get the thing I need rather than have to go all the way to the grocery store h-e-b you know whatever wow i'm just thinking yeah my a lot of my existence is just tied to my proximity to grocery stores <laughs> that makes sense uh yeah, yeah. got it yeah we all gotta go there gotta, gotta <laughs> right. get my stuff you know yeah <laughs> yeah this has been riveting uh, so I know. <laughs> i'm still writing a message to travis on his wall wishing him happy birthday Looping back to the travel thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's all right. I think from now on, we're just, this is going to be a Travis podcast, just in general, even beyond this episode. We won't have Travis on. We'll just have people talking about Travis. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think I like this gimmick. No, I want to, we'll have him on someday. I actually really want to have him. And it's going to be funny too, just like, because every time we do introduce people, we list off the bands they're in, and so it's just going to be like a very long list. 
It'll be double ours is. at least. Maybe triple. It'll be double our list at least. Oh yeah, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you guys, there's a decent amount of bands that even. I mean, I'm sure that there's ones I forgot too. That uh, I think when I met uh, both of you was was uh, when I. We Glenn and I saw the Silkies play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This May 2013. I think you're like our very first audience member in in yeah. Boston. Uh, <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Along yeah. with you and Jim Leonard. Yep. Mm. And Jim was at at the show. I'm remembering. Yeah. It was like Leans and Ronnie Nordak, and it was at uh, PA's lounge. Yep. Yeah. And it was actually yeah. like it was a really fun show, but there's no one there. And <laughs> Except, I guess it was, you know, you know, Chris and Glenn, Jim and Travis. So No, I know. Like, the perfect people were yeah, there the perfect who people were, there. were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was criminally underattended. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, ha- you know, it happens definitely. Uh, you know, it's sometimes it shows, especially, I feel like with bars, it can be tougher to get people out, you know, especially if oh, there's yeah. house show, house show op- options and stuff like that. But, um Yeah. But yeah, we, no, we, we learned about the economy of shows in Boston pretty quick after that. Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was a hard year. That was a hard year. Was that one of your like, first shows here? I think that was the one. Yeah. Straight up the first show. Yeah. Oh, straight yep. up. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, Lear and I had played for years before coming to Boston in Arkansas, which is way rougher than Boston. <laughs> 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 we there there was this one festival that we played um where it was like a seven band bill and um i think there were like three people in attendance one of which was one of the acts mom and um oh, he was like yeah. kind of like we'll like singing to her and then being like okay you gotta take me home after this like the rapper dude oh yeah he needed oh, wow. a ride uh-huh and he yeah figured that out yep. during the set and we didn't go on until like 11 or 12 at night and it was just yeah it was a it was a time did i tell you that after the show the club promoter came up to me and was like here's the thing about being in a band you gotta have a fan base and you gotta like try a little more to get people to come to your shows (laughs) (laughs) i I know (laughs) just give me the lecture like like oh geez yeah. Well, at least though, you know, when uh, there are people there, they they stick around for your sets. Glenn, Glenn and I, we've probably I don't know, cleared more rooms than any other bands in Western Boston. <laughs> it's a noble act, though. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a noble act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, your heroes. People always think about shows as like a place where people come together, but can also be a place where people yeah, it's like fall just, apart. Yeah, like just massive yeah. undoing. Yeah, exactly. Mass social undoing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to think we were ahead of the game in in the social distancing. Thing. Yes, you know, we, just, <laughs> we predicted the future. <laughs> Your shows are like COVID friendly before COVID. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. I mean, they Go say they got the money. idea exactly. They got they the see. idea. Yeah, you're 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 trendsetters <laughs> on a global scale. Yeah. Viral. <laughs> Viral. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, yeah. Always liked your shows. Whenever I mean, I I don't think we've we've seen a configuration of y'all playing for many years, but 
uh, it's always, you know, it's great. It's always a good time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, I, I actually do remember now, uh, Johnny and the Food Masters played with Candy Miami at Black Lodge um, yep. with birthing hips, steam tractor, and uh, cavemen. Yeah. And that was such an incredible show. That was, yeah, that was wild. Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I was in the band at that point. Yeah, that I, was, I believe you were, yeah. Maybe, yeah, because I do remember playing with Johnny and the Food Masters, and that was like the first time that I met Ben. Yeah. Who is a golden soul. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ben Tan. Uh-huh. Sh- shout out to Ben. Yeah. Uh, was that the one where the keyboard was sort of malfunctioning and producing these feedback noises? And it sounded kind of it sounded kind of good, but it was like a full noise set. Oh, yeah. That was definitely the noisiest we ever were. Uh, I can't remember, honestly. I can't remember. We had two drummers and two bass players. Yeah, the keyboard yeah. was probably the only thing making sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's good at the. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he's a music teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember, like, someone kept saying, "Like, what's happening?" <laughs> I really enjoyed the set. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I, well, I remember you, Coffee. You were like, you're like, it was just beautiful noise. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not so awesome. I, I like the alienating. Yeah, no, like, I, I love yeah. the comment. What's happening? Yeah. I want to inspire that. <laughs> The more, the older I get and like the more I learn about the music that I am willing to make or inclined to make, the more I want to incite the reaction of what's happening. The music. (laughs) Please do. Yes, the music I'm willing to make. I'm willing it out of myself. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, well, it's it's like, I I totally get that. And I I think though, um, you know, I mean, if you, you can do that, at least like musically too, you know, I mean, there's different ways, I guess, to do it. But I feel like, you know, maybe not so much in like from like, a, like, whoa, like, I'm, I don't understand what's going on. But I think with a lot of music that, that y'all make that I think that people are thinking that maybe in a different way of like, wow, like what's like, you know, what, you know, I think in, you know, maybe a more, a little bit more conventional way, but still, like, I think that, uh, yeah, no, no, it's different. Re- I guess you know. I mean, there's different ways people can react. Yeah, I get you saying, and I think that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, oh yeah, that was very sweet. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I been really just. Uh, Glenn actually told me about sweeping promises. I actually didn't hear about it yet, and I kept. And then uh, Jason Treffs mentioned it, and then then I heard also a song um, after that on uh, Sonic Overload. I don't know if you've heard of that it's a radio show from. This guy Al Quint plays like a lot of like punk and hardcore and like other stuff oh, cool. like that. Um, I can't remember which song he played, but it, but um, yeah. And then I, I was like, oh wow! So I said I checked out the album, um, and uh, I'm just I was just like, wow! I can, you know, this is like amidst everything with like COVID right now and everything that I was impressed too. Just seeing like not just impressed with the music, but also that like a lot of people were really like reacting to it and really uh, seemed to be a really digging it and appreciating it. And I think it's just something that, um, I don't know, I just want to say congratulations. Yeah, you know, I agree. Thank you. yeah, thank you for your service with this album. It's it's made tons, thousands of people happy. Yeah. Yeah, thanks yeah, so thanks much. Thanks for that. Um, it's, yeah. it's actually, I mean, we're kind of learning about the reaction now. 
um, but it's been we're abstracted from it because we can't like play shows. Right. Right. Yeah. And it seems it seems like there's definitely a lot of people, but it's also like, is there anyone? Yeah. <laughs> At least we, and from the beginning. Yeah, it's true because you know it could just be bots. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are these all bots? But, but no, no, yeah. we've actually you know made genuine human connection through this, and I think that that's you know one of the most important things about why we you know try to communicate this in this way is because you know it's like just a really effective way to like get on someone's level is through music and it's just been really great to just like meet people through this album and i don't know probably um, our, our favorite recording experience yeah ever. that too it just feels really gratifying to know that like other people who are listening kind of are in the same place that we are in terms of liking this thing that we did because we do feel really proud about it and we feel like it is a complete musical thought and to like get any sort of recognition of for that even just by our friends is meaningful so we're really grateful for the reaction yeah absolutely and yeah i'm, I'm just glad to see see it too and and uh glad to hear all, all of that um i think even just you know in addition to the music people you know enjoying the music i, I think a lot of people are just relating to um we're you know, like the themes of like the of the album and just like, just need it really right now with everything, <laughs> just how chaotic everything is at yeah. this time, you know, um, you know, even like the first songs, Hunger for a Way Out, you know, I think a lot of people can, can relate to that. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, cause you know, we um, kind of started this band on a lark because we were still doing some deep parts stuff or like trying to write for deep parts and so, we had access to this really amazing um, space that was like gallery space that nobody used and it was really big and um, just sounded really amazing. And so Coffee like moved all the stuff in here and he recorded a bunch of other people in that space as well. But um, we were just jamming one night after work and we like wrote that song and we didn't know what to do with it. So we built this whole project around it. And you know, this was like October, November and it, I was definitely communicating you know, some sort of, you know, frustration. But then, you know, once, um, you know, coronavirus kind of became this global fact and lockdowns started happening, we were like, wow, this is, you know, this is a sentiment that <laughs> takes on a whole other meaning now. Right, right, yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And also I'd say, and as well with like, you know, all the just, general social unrest and uh, police brutality and everything and um, just all the other just crazy stuff, going, you know, that again, isn't necessarily anything new, but it's, you know, there's a lot going on right now that I think that, you know, it seems like the album just really, it's, it's you know, it's a lot of people re uh, seem to be reacting to it just as being just, I think just a, just appropriate album for right now, you know, of like, you know, where, where we are right now in the world thanks yeah thanks it, yeah of it, course have, yeah. have you all um done any of those virtual showcases or shows of any of the um, material that's on the album we did one so we did a virtual benefit um to support a couple of organizations that were doing some work for um, like black indigenous people of color communities um, 
And so we did one with, so it was in tandem with like, uh, it was artificial contact and um, cowboy initiative. And so they, they put on this benefit with us and then a bunch of other people. And I think that was the only virtual show that we did for Sweeping Promises. It was really funny. Can I say? Yeah, it, it, sure. I mean, it was Taco wonderful. Loves, he loves this story. <laughs> it's a wonderful experience. He's, he can't wait to show this story. Yeah. So we, we were playing with Spencer, who I, I want to shout out, who's like, was our live drummer. Yep. And honorary member of the band, even though he lives. Shout uh, out to Spencer Grawler. Elsewhere. But, um, all right. Yeah. That's your growl. We all know yeah. Spencer. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And um, so he had, he had his studio, so we set it up. And I was just like, whatever, we're playing to the computer screen, no big deal. I've never done it before, but like, whatever. And Lyra got really nervous. And like, Lyra's played like hundreds of shows, and I've never seen Lyra nervous before. And she was like, <laughs> trembling. And I wasn't trembling. You were, you were freaking <laughs> Well, okay, a little there's, bit. I, there's there's like, just something unnerving about not playing music to people, you know, physically in front of you, but you still know that you're playing to people and they're listening. And then on top of that, you're, you know, several layers removed because it's virtual. So, you know, yeah. all things go wrong, which they did because our connection wasn't going. And then, you know, we had audio issues and video syncing issues. And a lot of that can kind of, you know, rattle oh, you. Yes, totally understandable. And I got rattled. Totally understandable. And so Lyra's from the South, but you, you don't notice that she has a Southern accent. And when she started talking, <laughs> her, her accent came out. Like she kind of like really Southernified everything she said. It was just that one moment. <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it so much. I really love an archive of that recording. I was trying to shout out Black and Pink, which is an organization that um, was founded, you know, to help women like black women get um you know mental health services and you know the, and loveland foundation oh loveland foundation is is that my bad black right, and pink right, is like right. prison abolition and trans rights um right. prison abolition but anyway so i was trying to shout out both of these organizations and i just started saying things in a very exaggerated Y'all. southern drawl I, I was like what did i say something and i just said organization Organization. Uh, yeah. We were worthwhile organizations. And then I heard so myself cool. and I was just like, holy shit, dude, who are you? That's on me. I don't want to pick on Lyra because I, I do embarrassing. I get nervous at shows and I just felt like the, the script was flipped just this one time. Well, the uh, thing is that I also, I had a beer, like one. And I another thing that I'm learning about myself is that I'm like, Half a beer, and that's that's all I do now. That's my limit. Yeah. So I, I just had this one beer before a show. It might have been in high ABV. Maybe it was like a nine percent. But that's uh, that yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, you gotta watch out for the the higher percent. Mm-hmm. The uh, the like what is it, like uh, all those sort of the uh, like IPAs and all the stuff like that. They yep. Definitely There's higher percentage. <laughs> they'll get you. Yeah, exactly. But hey, all the power to you. If, I, you know, just, you know, beer, half beer, not, not too bad, you know, not bad, uh, you know what I mean, it's, uh, I have the opposite problem, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's all right, but, uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's weird, I don't know, I don't know, 
virtual experience is just uh i don't know it's t- i mean i've watched a few like virtual shows but just tough yeah. you know well because we caught like a couple of um non-event series oh, yeah. which i think are really cool um that you know they're just so and non-event is supposed to be kind of like intimate anyway so i just yeah. feel like the virtual experience kind of abets that sort of like performance and music making but then so i watched um Angel Olsen was doing some of these kind of big productions where um, she and I think, uh, not Hand Habits. Was it Hand yeah. Habits? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, and so they were doing um, like kind of these duet shows and it was shot by her longtime videographer and they had access to these like really gorgeous spaces. And of course it was all COVID friendly and they were, you know, social distancing. It was just the two of them and then the, the videographer. And I was thinking, I would love to do something that was more of a production like that, but you know, you gotta have like her. We're in the basement. Yeah, though. we're in the basement. Right. Yeah. And then also, um, who else? Oh yeah, we saw like Phoebe Bridgers, you know, doing Red Rocks, which again, like big budget production. I don't like um, that. Yeah, I, I don't. I wish that we could do stuff like I wish yeah. that that were more accessible um, to just like be able to put on a a big show but then there there are other kind of like live stream basement shows that are also really good well done too you got to know how to work the backgrounds for twitch you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah a lot of people I, are really savvy about that they've got all the like you know moving images and like little tickers and stuff right yeah, yeah i've seen a few um and i know they had like they had some from like memphis where the you know the band was playing at the venue Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it was just live streaming it. But, um, yeah. And then uh, they have, <laughs> there's been some some uh, shows at drive-ins. Yes. Yeah. I've seen uh, some news about just having hmm. these big drive-in shows. Yeah. Apparently Dinosaur Jr. is playing at one of them, but yeah. I forget where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. right. But, it's, so yeah, funny. somewhere in... Uh, some random town, you know what I mean? Like, I forget, like, you know, uh, no offense to whatever town it was. You know, so yeah. <laughs> listening. I don't know where the show is. They're, so, like, they're the town, the camera you know? But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like that that could be cool, though. You know, yeah. Potentially. But uh, yeah. It, well, uh, I was going to ask, uh, with Sweeping Promises, did you play before? Uh, like you know, before COVID was there, pre-COVID, <laughs> was there? You played shows. We played one show at um, what was it eighteen eighty? Is that the name of the venue? Eight, that we- eighteen eighty. Yeah, I think that was it. Huh. Oh, where's uh, that? It's a house venue that's like it's somewhere in Alston. Once again, oh, okay, put on by Cowboy, Cowboy Initiative. Initiative. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Who, who, yeah, it was run by um, uh, Veronica and, and Joey, Joey mm-hmm. who um, found out about our band before, I don't even know how that was possible, because we didn't have any recordings or anything, yeah. but they were like, we heard you're doing Sweepy Promises, and it was like, just like a week or two they into just, it. They know, your Gen Z knows everything. Yeah, they're Gen Zers, and it's like, like, was there like a <laughs> bug in the room or something? Like, how, do you, how do you know that? And so, but they booked the show kind of gave us carte blanche because we didn't have anything to prove that 
we were good. Well, or, we told so we told them about the band, but they didn't know. Um, they they hadn't heard recordings, but they were just like based on the strength of like you know your other projects because they love deep parts. Oh right. Yeah. So that's their generosity. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really good show. Yeah, it was us, uh, Ravi and the House Plants. Um, who else? And freaking. Yeah. Who's good? Really yep. good. And anyways, the video. Yeah. Video? Video? This event? No, just, well, I don't know. Oh, is there? Is there video footage of it? There's, Amari took photos, which yeah. have the, been really valuable to us. Those like, have been our press <laughs> photos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We played before. Yeah. And that, that was it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that, that show was, what, like, February 26th? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I remember I had gotten, um, a tooth pulled out before then because I got an implant. This was like the defining moment of like my life before COVID was like losing my back molar and then having to get a dental implant and suffering through all that. So I was like, how terrible. This is my life. Damn. It actually wasn't that bad. All said and done. We like practiced a lot too. We our did. Live yeah. band. And we were like, this is going to be our well, band. We had a bunch of shows booked, you know? And then yeah, all canceled. Yeah, once again, like once it became a reality, it was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. You were ready to go full. You were ready to go hard with sweeping promises at that point. We're gonna go balls to the wall. Touring, <laughs> playing show. <laughs> balls to the wall. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Looking at me like, who are you? Yeah. What are they know what you mean. What have you done? Yeah. <laughs> what have you said? I think you're getting your point across. I'm, I am I. Yeah. Balls to the, the wall. Yeah. People. But I mean, exactly. You know, <laughs> like all of our, you know, y'all understand too. It's like all of our friends are facing the same thing. It's just. Really yeah, cool. totally. Um, when did the uh, or yeah? When did you record the album? So we. Hmm. Um, we recorded the song Hunger for a Way Out and then like four more of the other songs just in quick succession in fall of last year. And then, uh, yeah, from like fall of last year up to January, up to March. No, because we recorded Atelier like, oh, yeah, that was a late first one. or second week of March before everything shut down because everything in Boston shut down around March 15th. So, yeah, no, we finished Atelier like. A week after that because they hadn't shut down garden street yet oh yeah yeah so we were pushing it we did sort of mm-hmm. push it yep we needed we felt like we needed to finish it yeah i'm glad we did i am too it really was the um the main thing kind of keeping us tethered to the world was oh at least we have this like project that we can kind of throw ourselves into and um, all of the songs were, you know, pretty much written and recorded, basically. But there was still a lot of um, mixing and stuff to be done. So that kind of, you know, occupied our time, gratefully. We are grateful to that. And um, I don't know how it took so long because it was so primitive. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a few tracks. We Maybe just because it was microphone. so primitive. Yeah, but it was, it was kind of like hard to make it sound good. Then... Um, when it sounded good, it was good. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Sounds like you, you remember how to play down some of them. What's that? You remember how to play them? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, sort of. Sort of. Um, we've been just on kind of a writing kick ever since we got here. So we have a bunch of songs kind of backlogged, but I think that we could play them. Yeah. Um, we have the next album. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Sweeping Promises. Uh, or, or rather, so number two. Number two. Wow. No promises. Though. It's like kind of... <laughs> it's like, that should be the name of it. No, no promises. promises. No promises. To get these yeah. things out. Well, so the thing that we've been kind of um, butting our heads against is the fact that because um, the recording of this first album was so dependent on the space that, they, that we were in, we have done a bunch of tracking in the past week and a half, and we're kind of quickly realizing that um, things just don't sound the way that we want them to. And we're wondering, well, why is that? And it's because, well, it, we don't have these like 40 foot ceiling, concrete bunker, you know, free space. We're in this like tiny practice room with carpet everywhere. And right. so we're trying to, we're currently trying to work around that. Um, and we're looking, we're looking at warehouses for rent or, you know, <laughs> there's a, there, so in the neighborhood that we live in, there's this, you know, it used to be a, an airport. It was the first airport in Austin before they built the new one. So there's this big hangar that has been somewhat like corralled into like public space. And we were, yeah, we're like, breaking in there. <laughs> That's the only solution. We're, we're, yeah. we, we're not breaking in anywhere. Oh yeah. Authorities. Yeah. If you're listening to we didn't do it. It wasn't us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like also, too, that, like, you, uh, you know, obviously no one can play shows or, like, you know, besides uh, the virtual stuff. I mean, live uh, mm-hmm. during this time. But I, I think there's a adds sort of a, a little bit of a mystique to it in a way you know what i mean that totally i don't know you know I mean? it's like kind of like also i think people when shows whenever they do return uh you know a live setting will maybe make people be like that much more excited to see a sweeping promises live set you know what i mean in the flesh I so. that would be so. nice i definitely yeah. cannot wait for live music to reinstate itself in a safe manner because you know, I'm sure y'all are feeling this too. It's a big gaping hole in my life. You yeah, know, so much of our time was just spent, you know, kind of scheduling our time around, okay, what are we going to see this week? Or like, you know, who's playing, you know, what, or, you know, like, what are we playing? And, you know, it's, it's just, it was such an easy way, especially for both of us. Like, um, you know, Papa's finishing up his PhD. I had like a really demanding restaurant job. So it was the one kind of guarantee for social interaction outside of our respective jobs. So that was like the one time that I could see all my friends and be like, hey, what up? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's, it really is, um, you know, it was just, I think for a lot of people, it was just such a big adjustment, mm-hmm. you know, going into this lockdown or you know, quarantine and then, you know, suddenly going from like, you're going to see, you're going to a few shows a week or playing shows and then it's just like complete, you know, you're staying in or, or whatever. It's, it's definitely, um, I don't know, it's weird at the same time, you know, I actually kind of uh, found some piece in it early on that it's like, all right, so I actually don't have to go anywhere and made me kind of want to just like listen to more music. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that I'd never heard before or something or re- revisit stuff. But, but now I'm like, so, I mean, I'm still listening to other stuff, but I'm like so far pa- past the, uh, Oh, like, well, this is nice that I, in at least uh, like the silver lining of like, well, this is nice that I can just relax. I'm like, all right, no, I want to go back to the shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, yeah, it's also just the act of going somewhere has now become yeah. so profound. And, you know, now it's just, there are so few places that you can actually go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also just, uh, I, you know, I'm, just generally concerned too, just like what will happen to like these venues that haven't, you know, that's, we've seen, you know, venues already closed. So it's like, uh, you know, worrisome that it's like, well, you know, what's going to happen to the, to the venues that, are, you know, haven't closed yet. I know that's what or, we were worried about too. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I was just thinking back about how, yeah, already the state of the, the city was just kind of, teetering on the edge and as far as like venues and I was just thinking about you know Great Scott and that whole situation and yeah it's just it's rough in Boston yeah yeah we um yeah we talked about this with a lot of people in the particular we spent a lot of time talking about this with uh Dan Che mm-hmm. uh, and uh you know I mean he does have a lot of experience with like booking and even dealing with like actual like the government officials with like certain stuff you know um and it really is uh you know it is it's been tough for for a while now and so this i think definitely is making it even you know even worse i think everywhere but especially in boston it seems i don't you know it just is i don't know i think there's it's just a sad part of what's happening with a lot of Boston, it's just becoming just so corporate and, um, you know, gentrified and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, Maria, I hope as like a positive potential is that, you know, maybe people will, with this like quarantine and lockdown and, and uh, everything that maybe people will, will see like more of the value in, you know, art and music and things that, that like that that need to be supported I, I don't know so i know we hope so too i i can't help but feel like there's going to be a mass exodus before you know those things become valued again i don't know it's just like well you like these you know big companies and corporations and you know real estate developers are pretty much just edging everyone out and sapping the city of everything that used to make it great so what's left? <laughs> and there's right. like all these, there are all these um, like think pieces that kind of came out um, towards like, I don't know, it was around April or so. There's this one that was infamous about like, where did all the music go? And they're talking about, you know, like Aerosmith or the Cars or whatever. From the Boston Globe. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like the most yeah. clueless. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Does I saw that. that. Yeah. want to go to that prior? Go ahead. No, I was saying, I think I, I think I know what you're talking, which one you're talking about. That, yeah, like, that was the kind of yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, it published. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but it, you see, you do see stuff like that. It's so weird because I, I will see like someone will like, I don't know, like a, um, 
I'll see like someone share like an article or something like that. And I'm curious when, yeah, by like the headline or, or whatever. And then I like click it and read it and you're just like, what the hell? Like, or like, it'd be like vice or something being like, like, why is our independent venues like closing? And it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, uh, didn't vice like in their office, like take over, um, you know, some like, what, what, Glenn, I think, you know, was that, like, I think oh, they by audio. Yeah. And broke. One. so yeah. it's like I mean so there you go it's like that you know uh, I, and I think the person who like shared it I don't think they were even aware of that you know I'm I, I, you know I wasn't you know initially either so it's like it, it, it's just weird and then I mean it get, and then it gets into a whole other thing where you exactly where you have people like talking all about music and like you know independent music or whatever and then they start naming they just name drop like the bands that everybody knows right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're well established and yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, um, do you think that there could be I think I read this somewhere, but I don't know, I can't remember where, that maybe once things come back, we can incorporate live music into like retail spaces and maybe untraditional spaces that are um not normally thought of as you know, show spaces. I would love that. I think that's like one of the, that's one of the routes I think yeah. that you're going to have to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, let's, let's, let's together imagine a world where we work is ruinous and all open space, open concept office uh, courts are evacuated for years to come. All these tech places have devalued, um, uh, their milieus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love what's to going to happen? Yeah, it's just space. It's. I mean, yes. Boston's going to be forty percent empty. I mean, it kind of. There was already tremendous vacancies in Boston. Lots of people pretending they live there, mm-hmm. buying up places, but not actually being there. But I mean, what are we going to do? And like, it's so so clearly that that uh, there's space, but but it's unused mm-hmm. or it's mm-hmm. claimed by some spectral presence. I don't know. Yeah. We take over. That's what happens. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think the creative spotting will become a thing mm-hmm. in the U.S. in a way that it never has, or at least not in generational yeah. memory, you know, in our generation. Right. Memory. No, I feel like yeah, that's you know? very much kind of like a, um, sort of like a 60s, 70s sort of thing. And that's a cooler version than maybe what, what you're talking about, like, like maybe corporations will start subsidizing uh, more cutting edge bands because i don't know some sort of cultural initiative everyone who's young is leaving the cities and started to recruit people i i mean i don't, I don't know i mean i don't know what's going to happen but yeah this the no. system has to be more pliant yeah i think it's unfair to put the onus on you know musicians and promoters to like build spaces that like fit yeah. zoning requirements or whatever when they already exist and they're not even being used or unoccupied in the form of you know these condos or developments or just yeah, yeah kind of like shell buildings yeah even in office spaces i i was working downtown in, in, as an accountant and i brought up to the the office manager if we could use um you know a couple of the floors that were not yet um you know purposed mm-hmm. into like cubicles and all that crap if we could mm-hmm. use that to have shows you know some noisy punk shows and they weren't totally opposed to the idea. Um, really? But, but yeah. There you go. 
well, kind I, of repurposed, repurposed all the buildings. Yeah, uh, exactly. that, you know, I mean, there you go. People can work from home, right? And you could just turn, we could just turn all the building, all the offices into into sh- show spaces. God, that would be amazing. I mean, for a long time, it's been a corporate dream: a to become more edgy, but b to become more DIY. I mean, I think a lot of like like an ideal corporate employee is like a DIY maker that can brand themselves, they can work Photoshop, they can use their hands, they could do it all. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Um, I think, I personally think there'll be a lot of problems. Like I, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want our DIY spaces to be replaced with evacuated office parks. But it, I don't know. There is also a devo like allure of mm-hmm. like going full corporate and finding some sort of zany. <laughs> partnership yeah. or symbiosis yeah. in our in our hell world i mean i think shows will always exist in house yeah. venues you know basements right. aren't going away but i think and there's like a certain dignity to that as well but i think that it would be nice to like you know play in an open space that has you know like multiple bathrooms or something you know like yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah totally. i know well i you know <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't know. I want artists to get the respect that they deserve in the form of dedicated spaces that aren't just like, you know, show houses where people are, you know, like have to clean up afterwards and it's like they live there and you can't ever escape. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe there are people who can do that, but I feel like it would be like too close to home for me if I were like living in a show house. I'm, I'm, I'm excited by the prospect of 80 floors of unused cell space. Yeah, hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we should take over all these big office parks. I can't help but feel that developers are using this time to consolidate these holdings <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in even more rigid patterns than there were before, if it's even possible, but they'll be unused. Mm-hmm. I mean, by definition. I don't know. I have an interesting question there, Glenn. Oh, thank you. Know you. What? Yeah, no, I, I figured it, no better people to ask than y'all that, uh, I, yeah, it's something that I always was thinking of. And um, yeah, because I know, I know that how much you both value live music and playing in bands and just, yeah, and you know that we do as well. So just kind of thinking outside the box is really essential yeah yeah well and that was also another thing that and i you know i'm bringing up a non-event again but i thought that they like their model of kind of you know putting these experimental musicians in also like experimental like spaces um was really uh inspiring too like um the outpost i think was where we saw asha and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just this like room you know in a small building in Cambridge, but you know everybody was sitting on the floor, and it was you know there's no furniture or anything, but it still felt really immersive. And then, non-event had one in one of those WeWork type spaces yeah. in Copley, yeah. Yeah, I think they did. I loved the idea yeah. actually. Then, well, and then didn't they also do? I'm dissing it now. Didn't they do one at like the waterworks or like yeah. some sort of um, yeah, like government? Uh, oh, that's like a beautiful yeah space. Yeah, spatiality. There should be. There should be so much more of that. Just more, um, yeah. I I love the idea of like not. But then of course you get to the, um, I guess just the challenge, not the problem, but the challenge of you know putting on you know an event with you know decent sound and like 
adequate power, but you know, that's all just part of the the workings of putting on a show. Yeah, it's all part of the fun. Right? It's all part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Corporate buildings probably have better I know. electricity mm-hmm. circuits than uh and you know what would be really cool is if you were doing some sort of cubicle thing if you're experimenting with you know just like um like radical blocking of maybe like putting the drums in one corner and then like a guitarist here like a vocalist here and then i don't know messing with people's like perception yeah yeah i I just yeah i think in general it's there needs to be some sort of like i think I like that this is what we're doing now and talking about these things because I feel like, you know, as we do see places close, it's like we're going to have to come up with something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I do have faith in the underground and like house shows, um, of course. And that, that, that's always, I mean, the best. But yeah. I feel like though, for like a music scene to really, be, I don't know, I, I think it needs more than the, than the mm-hmm. house shows. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it like can't just rely on that, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, especially too, I feel like, uh, you know, again, like I, well, I know as we all do love host shows, I do find that the only problem, I mean, not the only problem, but a problem is that a lot of times it does keep it underground that, you know, sometimes people are never, you know, they're not not aware of some of these these things. And, uh, you know, I don't know, it's, it's definitely, like yeah, it's a vital part of it. Um, I just think it's like we do still need like I don't know re- regular venues as well. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I've seen I don't know, I've seen some people kind of say like when some of these places have closed, they're kind of like, well, uh, but you know, like whatever DIY or you know, host show. And I'm like, I totally get that. I just same time, it's like I I think we we do need, still need you know like uh, the the actual venues, I, I, I think, you know. You no know, doubt. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah, I just, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. The, you know, the, I just can't really see an argument not for that. Like, and then I, you know, I mean, I, I get it sucks that places be closing and I, hopefully there's other ways that we, we get like money or something or, you know, yeah. you know, they get a bailout or something, but like, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I totally get too that people being like, you know, it even gets into the, like the 21 plus debate or whatever. It's like some people are like, well, you know, but uh, it's like this bar over here that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really serve the community. And I, I think those are always questions that absolutely we need to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, the way I kind of look at it, it's like, well, if it's not that like bar that has 21 plus shows, but they have cool shows, it's like that bar could just be another yuppie bar thing. You know what I mean? Right. You know, that's not, you know, that, that doesn't represent the the community or or whatever else i don't know yeah yeah we were engaged in this thought experiment a couple of days ago where um we were just dreaming of a world where you know the local you know government had just you know a bunch of buildings built and there was this you know ever rotating community calendar where you could just rent a space and that was yours for as long as you needed it. And you're on the calendar and you can use it for whatever you want. And everybody, like all musicians get a space and it's just, you know, this radical sharing and it just, it, it just seems so much like further and further out of reach, you know, know. but. It's a fantasy, just like that I know. Nordic style artist subsidy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 
No, I, I, absolutely. I, I do have some, I still have some hope. It's, it, it does feel tough uh, sometimes, admittedly, but I, I still do have hope. I mean, even, I mean, I'm, gives me some hope is just also seeing like how many people have, like, you know, a lot of people have bought your, your record and it's like a band mid a, a pandemic and like, there's no live shows going on, but people are still buying uh, vinyl, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and are really digging and really digging the record. I think that, I mean, that gives me some, some hope. Yeah. yeah. And us too. I mean, music's important, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Arts, the arts are important. I don't know why people don't think so, but they are. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's bizarre, you know, isn't it? Cause, um, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, there's only so much going to be, I don't mean this in like sort of like a bragging way, but there's only so many people that are like all of us that are really, you know, in, you know, cause everybody loves music to one extent or maybe not everybody. I'm sure there's someone out there that, that doesn't, but, uh, but most people to, to different extents, they love music, but obviously like there's people like us who are on into it on a whole other level. Yeah. You know? And even I can at least say for myself, I still, I, I know like plenty of other people like such as yourself who are even more into it. You know, how much time you dedicate, uh, you know, recording music and everything and, and, you know, everything else that goes with that writing music. Um, and I think, that, I don't know, it's, it's weird. I think there's this sort of a, there's a divide somewhere in there where a lot of people, I don't think they get, you know, especially if you're a more um, mainstream person, so to speak, or whatever, I don't think they really think as much about it in the ways that we do of how the channels and of how it, the, that like entertainment gets to them. You know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, this is on my Netflix. This is on whatever. Right. And, and so I think that's where there's a loss of uh, value and like, Oh, well, Oh, whatever, you know, like they don't really, think about it. it's like oh well, bands can you know they start off as local bands and you need local you know community you need arts local like arts scenes and music scenes and stuff like that that creates you know whatever stuff I mean not that that's the goal but whatever like kick-ass thing you're watching or listening to it's like they all started somewhere you know yeah. somewhere they, they weren't gifts from above you know yeah <laughs> I hope it yeah. changes that's sort of I totally agree that that kind of unwillingness to think about the materiality of things, mm -hmm. where it came from, and the the economic channels that yeah. they necessarily travel through. The labor that it took to create it. Yeah. That kind of dematerialized thinking. I mean, what, I, it might be a silver yeah. lining yet again, maybe not, of everyone feeling sort of undervalued these days. I think, right. it, I think it'd be hard pressed to find someone in, in Boston or, or anywhere really that... Mm -hmm hasn't had some sort of awakened, like, yeah. Some sort of agitation. Yeah. And there's many ways that can be construed into political action or political imagination, but um, uh, somebody's got to give. Yeah. You know? Yeah. More representation um, in like arts councils or just, you know, more people taking initiative, like with uh, Carl and his campaign and Maine Best for, I guess now Regina right. Pizzeria as the new Great Scott location. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what better encapsulation of this whole phenomenon than the fact that he was able to raise nearly two hundred thousand dollars and still like not be able to secure Great Scott? Like, there, there's a demand. There is, you know, 
there is a desire for this kind of, you know, community and, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. It's just like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I, again, I, I always try to look at the positive things, like even so like pre COVID I've thought about, you know, like, you know, some of the other venues where it's like, you know, I guess on like the brighter side of things, <clears throat> I'd be like, you know, it's awesome that we have, you know, really strong, I, I think, you know, community in Boston yeah. and, uh, you know, there is a, you know, decent amount of venues just, I mean, cause I think a lot of us rightfully so do be like, oh, there's no good venues around here. Right. So then I do talk to some people in other cities and they're like, you know, when I start, it's like, I, it's like I would show them like this, like this all ages DIY group thing. They were like jaw dropped. They couldn't believe there was like that many like house shows happening in a month. They're like, we don't have house shows here or something. Right. Or, uh, or Dorchester like, Art Project just bought yeah, or uh, like, the retail space below um their venue space so they're gonna ex expand which I think yeah i saw that yeah. that's awesome yeah. um <laughs> but the, so there's positives but then the flip side to that I, and i'm sure you guys like you sounded like what you were saying earlier too it's like you think of just the possibilities of what things could be and what they are and it's so far like yeah. not even i mean not even it's like just like this like paradise ideal something just just like things could be so much better like you know what i mean and uh I don't know, it's just, it, it's just kind of crazy, like, even, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, obviously, on so many different levels, like, beyond music, but it's, it, like, uh, I don't know, I, 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 I guess, like, the fact that we are, I don't know, I, I, well, I, I'll say this, I do just love the fact that, like, even with lack of venues, people, like, artists, musicians don't just say, uh, well, I guess we, you know, whatever, we got to deal with the situation. I like the fact that, like, people, punks, whatever you want to call it, are like, no, we're going to throw shows, like, in our basements or parking yeah. lots or whatever. Like, I love that attitude of that. Like, I think it's so, like, cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just make it like happen. That. Yeah, exactly. Just making, just people just making it happen. Like, all right, merch is on the, the dryer over there, the yeah. washer, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that, I, I think that unto itself is also just beyond like a lot of people, but that's, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I, am going to, I'm kind of like go a little bit back rewind, but, uh, we usually do like to ask people like how they got into music. I mean, now that we've talked about it so much as like, uh, being like a big value, um, uh, for all of us and certainly for both of you, uh, and I, I'll ask you guys separately, um, so, uh, Lyra, like when, when did you start playing music? Yeah. Um, so I, um, pretty much was singing as soon as I could verbalize, uh, according to my parents, um, it was just all, and I, I do remember just singing a lot in my early childhood. And so, um, there was always a lot of music in the house and both my parents, uh, so I grew up with my mom, but you know. Uh, both my mom and my dad, uh, they immigrated here from Bangladesh. And so there was a very big tradition of uh, listening to not only just kind of film music from, you know, India and Bangladesh and just like the whole Indian subcontinent, but also um, a rich like tradition of uh, the poetry of Rabindranath Tagore, who is this like Nobel poet laureate who um, like a lot of his poems were set to music. And so both of them would just constantly be singing this like very traditional Bengali music around me. So, like, I would just 
like have that in my mind constantly. And then of course I discovered the radio and then pop music. And so there's a lot of, you know, Madonna or whatever, <laughs> Backstreet right. Boys, boy bands. Um, and so I uh, joined a, a choir when I was in elementary school. And um, it was actually kind of an odd situation because it was um, the University of Arkansas, um, like they had their music department had a children's choir. And I guess it was because a bunch of, I guess, like students or faculty had kids and they just didn't know what to do with them. So it's like, oh, here, we'll just create this choir for them, which is great. And so um, I did that. And then high school became a really big choir nerd and did, you know, all region, all state, that kind of thing. And it wasn't until college that I um, kind of convinced myself to try playing something. And it was when I met Caulfield and um, we figured out that we had very similar music tastes. And so we started um, writing together and like being in different projects and bands and stuff. And so we were supposed to play a show one night and our bassist actually ended up um, leaving to go to a study abroad program in I think New Zealand a couple weeks before, and then we realized, oh crap, we don't have a bassist. So I, you know, picked up his bass and just like kind of plucked out the parts of the songs. And then, uh, you know, I had fetishized um, the bass throughout high school because I got really into post-punk and, you know, like Joy Division and, um, you know, that kind of like opened up the road to a bunch of other bands and like, you know, Bush Tech yeah. and Sonic Youth, obviously. and pixies and whatnot and so I was like I want to play bass but th that was just as far as it went until college was the desire to play it but not thinking that I could and then all of a sudden I had to and then we just went to guitar center the next day and I bought like a cheap like $150 blue Ibanez bass and that was mine for the next year and then we kept playing more shows together and then we bought the Fender Mustang that I now play to this day 10 years later <laughs> wow so was that band the Silkies or was it a band before the Silkies? That was the band before the Silkies. We had three bands we before had, Silkies. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. What's the, <laughs> like what's the terrible name? Oh, we no. We will not say. We will not remember. Uh, okay. Those have been relegated to the I'm dustbin out. of time. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You don't need to reveal such, such a past. <laughs> Dark and full of terrors. <laughs> Well, I took uh, college bands. It was more of a, it was a rough, um, it was hard to kind of do it. It was like, hey, we're playing music and that's it. We, we were in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 People, what, were the, what were the venues like there? It was for like metal <laughs> high schooler bands. Yeah. Uh, and they really didn't like us. It was truly masochistic. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we, we played really we, played, we played the one yeah. pizza place that I worked at, which was oh, cool. Yeah. And they that paid was... us. They paid well. Not only did they pay us in cash, they also paid us in beer and pizza. And it was really That's good, good fired <laughs> pizza. That was good. Oh my god, so good. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Neapolitan style, you know, thin, crispy crust, bubbly. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, I think I know what you're saying with like, with the, like the high school metal band kind of, yeah. like no, yeah. no offense. I think there's like all different kinds of like 
metal and different kinds of scenes of metal and stuff like that. I'm not um, as like well versed in that area, but um, there is a lot of that kind of. It definitely feel yeah, like almost like high school or whatever that world of like kind of like general rock music or maybe mm-hmm. some like, yeah, like metal or whatever it is. Um, and I think all that still exists definitely within like sort of even people beyond high school where they have like that's a lot of even just like like just observing in Boston and I feel like there are people who for whatever reason they sometimes they like never really make it past that to like digging into like the the deeper like underground that does exist you know Mm -hmm. and I, I just kind of I don't know. It's just, it's, I feel, it's weird. I feel bad for those people that's like, cause I feel like it, it's like, it's like things can exist on a different and operate on a different level. You know, <laughs> you know, I think about that like all the time. Cause I, I, I like listened to Metallica and Slayer and stuff when I was like 12. Kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I you know, and be like interested. And actually there's a veneer, obviously, well, more than a veneer. I mean, there, there was a subculture there. Yeah. And, totally. and it's like, I, I don't understand how when you walk through the first portal, you don't go into the second and third. Right. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see why, I don't, but also I'm like imagining a fake person who doesn't exist, like who just no. <laughs> starts like in Slayer when in their teens and doesn't stop. And right. It doesn't elaborate. The how did interest. you get into Slayer? Was it the technical prowess of like shredding or like, did somebody introduce you to just Slayer? Texan suburbia. It had to come from somewhere. Yeah, you have to listen to something while you're mowing the lawn. And... <laughs> yeah, just really pissed up. Yeah. On the lawn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was actually, I was listening to Slayer uh, last weekend, and uh, I always really loved, like, the back cover of, like, the, like, the Raining Blood album cover. Uh, it's, like, so, like, I feel like all this, like, satanic imagery or whatever um on the on the cover rather the front cover but then on the back it's just like them like i think just like with beers and like they have smiles on their faces and they're like huddling that's i always thought it was like such an (laughs) odd like it was such an odd like back cover for it especially for the music but then i kind of like appreciate it now because they're almost saying like all right we're like you know we're the we're we're more like the real deal because it's like they're not bullshitting you as much there's just just people making music yeah, I think yeah. so too. And the spirit of fire comes yeah. through. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no. To go off your point, uh, Caulfield, I, I, I agree. And like, I have thought about that a lot. Where it's like, um, we're, we talked about this before. Where it's like a, this certain, uh, Glenn, what are you saying? Like it was like about like indie or whatever music before. Like one, I think one of the, like the. The benefits, I think, too, a lot of it is that it can be serve as like a vessel to, you know, more obscure or underground music. Um, yeah. And I, I, so I think to your point, I, it's it is odd for at least like for some of us where, yeah, it's like you know, what I mean, you start off at this place, but then when you see like they're like, oh wow, there's all these cool like local bands playing all the time, and there's shows going on all the time. And it does seem just sort of weird to just be like, uh, no, I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm not gonna, uh, who cares? You know, what I mean, I'm just, it's like a, I'm just gonna the player, you know, or whatever. Not maybe not just in this lane. Like, I don't know if any, What's that? 
Like, for example, I don't know if any of you watched the show The O.C. Oh, my goodness. Yep. A long time ago. My best friend is watching that again now. Oh, that's awesome. I thought about it yesterday, but I didn't see it. You know the band (laughs) Walkman? Oh, yeah. They were in there. And so I was talking to some people that are otherwise more Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga exclusive but they also know the walkman to me that gives me hope that there's that they can then eventually get into devo and then eventually make their way down to some of the more obscure stuff just along that trajectory no problem i love the walkman i still love the walkman I mean, there's a sophistication in that band. I think a lot of that palatable indie can serve as a Trojan horse. Yeah. And like the the bands are explicitly doing that. Yeah. And like, well, it's like I remember like listening to Interpol and being so like taken by them. And through them, I learned about television. And then you know the sure. whole like 70s kind of poke and punk and post punk poke. The poke and <laughs> the punk. poke <laughs> that poke yeah, and punk. <laughs> punk post-punk movement and then you know you get deeper and deeper and then then all of a sudden you're like reading about jandek or whatever or like silver apples you know that piece simian uh but what's weird is i remember like getting some like books when i was like 15 you can like do that in a day Mm -hmm. i mean you can't obviously you can't absorb it or like understand the context of things but I mean, I remember like having fun just being like, how far can you pull this thread? Yeah. Or or just like it's uh, really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, like music mags or even just like um like internet radio back in the early, early two thousands, like launch.com before it became Yahoo Music, where you know you were it was like the early version of Pandora and you just type in an artist's name and then it just kind of like takes you back into the history of a genre. Um for the first time in life, I started asking like like what how do you make this more accessible like as a musician i feel like i've never like asked that question Mm -hmm. before like Mm -hmm. how do i like make this accessible yeah and it's sort of like an interesting question well yeah because like first of all what does accessible mean and like who are you wanting it to be accessible to do you want it to be accessible to somebody who already has a history of like oh i understand what mark mother's boss trying to do with devo and it's like i want to or it's like someone who's never heard of devo aside from whip it yeah right absolutely yeah it, it it's interesting because there's, I mean, I, I kind of have accepted that it's like, it's only going to be so many people that are going to be into, you know, some of these more like fringier kind of stuff. And even, I mean, like Devo is definitely a lot more like accessible and, and popular. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, I, it, I kind of accept that there's only going to be so many people, but I think there's a lot of people though they're somewhere in there that like are into these some of these bands that are like say i don't know you know like a bigger band that i'm trying to think of a name or something but, you know uh maybe they're into like tame impala or something or yeah whatever, or yeah. like grizzly bear or whatever you know um and uh you know or whatever it is you know it could be a different thing it's just something that's a little bit more popular that there's like i feel like those people and even people beyond that but i mean but those people who are into things so that they're that are not quite like the boston not, calling not necessarily set. Mainstream. <laughs> what's that i said the boston calling set the attendees yeah. of yeah, yeah. 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 but it's like I, it's weird it's like where does that next leap go to you know where is that like uh 
I get, I don't know. I feel like there's like such a, I feel like it's hard to say, but I, I'm, I never quite really totally get it. What like, I mean, again, it's, you could, people's tastes are so like general, but I mean, like you said, they're like, what's like, I guess what is even, yeah, what's accessible, what's defined as accessible. And it's weird though, even, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's like, for me, I, I think I realized at some point there's like certain stuff that I just enjoy that I, I think a lot of people, I don't know, probably wouldn't like or get, but there's also like stuff that gets a little bit bigger that I'm not like, oh, this is too weird or anything for me, but I don't quite also get it at the same time. Like, oh, why was like, why is this so like so much more popular or whatever? But at a certain point, I just kind of be like, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> totally. Uh, I guess for me, it's like more, it's like uh, those people that could be into something, you know what I mean? How do you get to those people that could, I think easily could, and like you show them something and, and they're like, wow, this is awesome. And then they just, they just never heard it because, you know, it's, it's for whatever reason, because yeah. there's millions of bands out there and everything. And, I think, uh, yeah, I think people are generally curious. You just have to figure out a way to kind of like tap into that curiosity. We're kind of yeah. we're kind of running that way of sweeping promises because I don't I, I don't think we were like talking about how do we make dumb down the music or something yeah. to make it more palatable, but I think we were like does this speak to the people or like does yeah. this have like feeling because like I think yeah. I, we I think in a recording I would often be like that tone is like pure or so like I, I would yeah. like be like the tone is perfect or something is crystalline mm -hmm. yeah yep. and it's it's prismatic and but I think this time we're talking about like is there a pulse yeah is it something that you can tap into and i think that is like a veiled way of asking like is it accessible mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that comes through in the music too i really i mean i really do i do feel that that it's i thought about that when i'm listening to it of like um you know i think that there is a degree of yeah it is accessible and, and not you know again like I think sometimes accessible is used in like in a, in a pejorative sense, but I don't think it has to be. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, for that. Yeah. And well, yeah, it's like we were, we were, we were talking about like, you know, there's different, obviously the different genres of like something like, like noise and everything like that. Um, you know, that's not usually <laughs> noise and accessible or naturally, you know, uh, uh, opposites, but, um, you know, I think that, so that's maybe, you know, naturally not going to be accessible music as much, but I think then rather, like, I don't think that that means necessarily the opposite, that accessible is bad either, you know. I mean, you know, so much, so much of the music that we've all listened to, we can, like, you know, pretty much say it's accessible, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, not certainly not, there's plenty of stuff that we always do that. I wouldn't label that, but something like we were saying before, like Interpol or the Walkman, I consider those to be pretty like accessible bands. And I think that's why they, you know, have so have so many fans too, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. <laughs> um, well, I think we're less than a minute or so says Zoom. Any okay. closing remarks? Lyra? Uh Man, I just hope that everybody is doing well and staying healthy and um, just takes care of themselves. 
We miss you, Boston. We miss you, Boston. Miss you too. Yeah. We miss seeing y'all at shows. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We hope to visit and hang out with y'all. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, uh, again, cr- congratulations on the album. And uh, you look forward to hearing the sequel. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs>